I'm Aaron. I'm Camille. And this is It's All Mahalo. Hey. Hi. <laughs> it's been a while. Yes, it has. But here we are again. Here we are. We're ready to podcast. Dude, we're so ready. I think this is one of those things where we've been talking about wanting to start back up for so long and... We just had to do it, so here we are. It's one of those things where you think about it so much, you wait for the perfect moment, you try to do everything perfectly, and you try to make up for lost time, so you end up doing extra work, trying to like make a podcast episode, and it's exactly. just, you just got to record and run with it, so that's what we're going to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of um, gaining the motivation to do something, this reminds me of my motivation psychology class, which... There's a lot of time that's gone by since that class, but I think it was such a great class that I'm like still thinking about it. It's one of those things where if you write down that you want to do it, you're more likely to do it. Mm-hmm. So if any, anything that you want to do, if you write it down, you're more likely to do it. We never wrote this down. So maybe that's why it took us so long huh. to get here. Interesting. Yeah, and we stopped writing our gratitude lists too, even though that was like a really important part of our, uh, really important part of our journey so far. Yeah, you for know? sure. Like, especially together. When we were writing our gratitude list every day, every week, rather, it was, yeah, like, every week we had this practice of writing down something we're grateful for and then talking about it. And we just got out of that habit. Mm-hmm. And I think it hurt both of us, you know. I think it hurt our, our relationship, too. It's like we, we lost that, um, the grounding piece. You yeah, know? for sure. I, I definitely agree with that. And I think... Also, in terms of communication, I think our communication is just better when we sit down and we have this conversation every week, Um, partly because it's like us verbalizing what we learned. We get to talk about it. It's like almost strategic in a way, but it like facilitates this great conversation that we wouldn't have experienced otherwise unless we took the time to do it. Right. You like carve out the space specifically to talk about gratitude. Yeah, for sure. And I I think we, you know, we have like these really, really great conversations because I feel like you and I both, we, we love picking each other's brains about certain things. And I think that's what makes, you know, our relationship so cool. But specifically talking about gratitude, I feel like this is gratitude is something that comes when you think about it more, but not only when you're thinking about it more, when you're, when you're writing about it, intentionally creating that space, which is what you just said. Yeah. Creating lists, creating like this week, I had my students. They didn't do it, which made me sad. Um, the fr- the freshmen. <laughs> um, I had my students create, go into breakout rooms on Zoom and make a list of the things they're grateful for mm-hmm. from A to Z. All right, so a list of twenty six things you're grateful for, beginning with the letter of the alphabet, right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it because I don't know why they didn't do it. That made me sad, but whatever. I'm not outcome oriented. I'm uh, idea and process oriented. So. I made the list and I had a lot of fun doing it. It was great. But mm-hmm. it's like a list of things you're grateful for. It's a classic prompt. It's a classic thing to kind of shift your perspective in any moment. Yeah. You don't need a big elaborate, you know, like essay or you just need just a list. Make, some, make a list of things that really bring you to this space where you can say, hey, what I have is really good. I'm going to appreciate it now instead of worrying about things that could be better yeah for sure and I like now that I think about it too I don't think I was ever asked to make a list of things I was like grateful for 
before college. I don't really know. Like, that's just something that I, I think is, like, slightly weird. But I think it's awesome that you at least tried to, like, have your class do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I even if they didn't do it, they're still thinking about it. Yeah, I should have prefaced it better. So it was really my fault. But, yeah, you know what? It's, like, gra- I think gratitude is so important. Really, gratitude is almost one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I've been... I've been praying the spiritual exercises, which is like a pretty big time commitment and stuff. Um, if you want to learn more about it, just look it up. But there's a lot in there about gratitude, mm-hmm. a lot of like reflections and, and long prayer sessions about gratitude. And really it like it boils down to the fact that when you're grateful, it's hard to do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's such a broad statement. Yeah, and I definitely think sorry, I'm cutting you off, but I definitely think it's hard to to have that mindset 24/7, you know, just because we're human. It's impossible. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, I don't know about impossible, but it's basically impossible. Mm-hmm. It's one of yeah, it's it's like the limiting factor for our experience in the world. It's like if we were grateful all the time, then we would be so so much better, but we have all these hardwired dispositions of anxiety and worry and fear and depression right all this stuff and sadness it's hard to feel grateful when you're sad Mm -hmm. it's hard to feel grateful when you're incredibly anxious about something when you have to write a paper you don't want to write when you have to do a chore that you hate doing yeah it's really hard to be grateful in those moments right especially like if i'm super tired and i have to do somebody else's dishes because they didn't do it it's like Worst case scenario. Right? Yeah. How can I be grateful for that opportunity or yeah. grateful for the house I'm living in or grateful for, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It's, it's so hard. But if you can work on it mm-hmm. on a daily and weekly basis, have some kind of practice of gratitude, I think it makes you more likely to fall into that rhythm, to fall yeah. into the groove of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like what you were just saying in terms of practice, your practice of prayer there is also a practice of gratitude that comes with that because I will definitely say like I my life as beautiful my life, my life. <laughs> <laughs> the stress the of office. my modern office has <laughs> sent me into a depression a depression isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out white you ignorant <laughs> sorry <laughs> we have there's to every things, time <laughs> some things that you can't let slip okay go ahead <laughs> okay so basically like what i'm trying to say is i know my life is beautiful i am incredibly grateful for the apartment that i have the boyfriend that i have the dog that i have xyz i could keep going for hours and hours and hours however sometimes life sucks and you know that life is hard and we are going to talk about this video soon this Jordan Peterson video and it's absolutely incredible but he basically in the video wants to say life is suffering life is hard shit sucks sometimes maybe we're not supposed to be cursing on this but however that's true it is it's hard it's our podcast (laughs) who gives gives a a poop but basically sometimes it's hard to feel these great things going on when sometimes your mind is clouded with the bad and I can speak from experience you know like it hasn't been all happy 
recently because I've been living alone and I'm quarantining and COVID and everything, you know, just to be safe because I'm totally fine. I don't have COVID, but it's hard. Sometimes you know that you should feel grateful and you know that you should feel happy. You should, 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 whatever. But it's hard to allow yourself to feel that every once in a while when you're sad. You just said you're listening to things you're grateful for. You said Mm -hmm. I could go on for hours. Keep going. Keep listing the things you're grateful for right now. Uh, AeroPress, coffee maker. I don't have a coffee maker. <laughs> I don't even have a coffee, coffee makers in general. Okay, keep it okay. up. Um, my plants, my dog, my crates, my bed, this new um, b- uh, bamboo rattan bookshelf that we got for $60 because that's incredible. Facebook Marketplace ad in here. Um, Bumble rattan. Bumble rattan. <laughs> um, Kodas, toys, um, my oven mitts so I don't burn my hands, um, my oven so I can make food, um, the vegetables that I have in my refrigerator, my towels, my blankets, my shower. Ooh, a great shower. We love a good shower. Um, the, all the lights that I have. Ooh, the lights that I have. I love my little lights. Do you want me to keep going? That's good. Okay, thank so you. So <laughs> thank you. What a great exercise, right? Yes. List as many things and just you start looking around and you start mm-hmm. being like, oh, through that lens of gratitude, I am grateful for that lamp. <laughs> this is a great lamp. <laughs> brings me so much joy. Like all, like when I have it on, it's the perfect lighting. Or mm-hmm. um, I'm grateful for that other lamp that isn't that good. Because, yeah, for sure. Because it still provides me some light mm-hmm. and for the perfect occasion. I'm grateful for those trees outside because they offer me, they, they give me leaves to like walk through and crunch and hear the crunch. And then I remember... My favorite candy, which is uh, Nestle's Crunch Bar. I'm just kidding. It's not. But yeah, Kit yeah. Kats, right? It's like, I don't know. It's like when you start seeing things through that lens of perspective, through that lens of gratitude, the perspective of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it kind of changes just how you approach things. And if you keep doing that, this is the thing. This is the thing about the practice, right? Um, there's a reason that I brought that word up and the reason that I like framed it that way. Mm-hmm. I read this book or listened to this book by Seth Godin, his brand new book, The Practice. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I love Seth Godin. You know that I love certain people like Seth Godin, Jordan Peterson, right? Who yes. I'm, uh, I, I can say that I have officially gotten Camille hooked on Jordan Peterson, right? <laughs> yes, right? yes, yes, you have. So, yeah, I've officially gotten Camille hooked on Jordan Peterson over the years. Uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, I send some Joe Rogan to Camille yes. and she likes it. Dude, so, Joe Rogan's. Um, every every uh, man in their early 20s out there is probably jealous of me, but... Um, <laughs> my, oh, that, my, there you go. My lady likes likes the David Goggins. Yes. She likes David Goggins. Yes, not really. Stored. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I'm a success. But Seth Godin, right, wrote this book, The Practice, uh, the practice shipping creative work, and he there's like 217 something 220 chapters in the book. Um, there's more chapters than there are pages, so they're like really short. But he just goes on this, he takes you on this journey of, hey, what would it look like if you actually did the work? If you actually committed to a creative practice, whether it be writing, whether it be photography, whether it be singing, whether, you know, like whatever that creative thing is that you can put into the world, you can say, look, I made this, right? What It might not even be creative as you think of creative, but it can be something that you create, which makes it creative. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but what is it? It's like, it's a practice. It's not a one-time thing. You can't just sit there. And if you're a writer, you can't just sit like 
sit around, do whatever you want, and then wait for the inspiration to strike you. You're never going to write a good poem, mm -hmm. right? You need to write a bunch of bad poems. You need to sit down every day and write a bad poem, and then one day a good poem will come. That's the whole premise of the book. That's so – sorry, I'm cutting you yeah, off. That's so ahead. interesting because you – I mean, because I'm not really a – I – I'm a research writer. I'm a scientific writer, but I'm not like a creative writer, really. I don't identify as that. But for me, I guess looking from the outside in, because you are a writer. It's I tell myself I'm a writer. I, I would consider you a writer. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. To. <laughs> <laughs> but basically what I'm trying to say is that from my perspective, I always hear about writer's block. And I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> sorry go ahead <laughs> i think it's i think it's cool but also interesting to hear that point of view because basically you're saying like even if you do experience that writer's block you're still gonna write anyway even if it's a horrible paper you're still doing it and i think that that's a really neat thing to bring to the camille, table camille i love that you brought that up because i'm pulling it up right now but there is a section oh wait, here it is i'll get in trouble if i play that hold on uh, if i play seth godin's book there is a section in the book like a uh because there's chapters but there's section um most of the sections are you know some of them are like an hour long some of them are 20 minutes long some of them are a minute long uh this one is called no such thing as writer's block and it's an hour and 20 minutes long yeah i mean it's he, yeah he goes he, in depth about it yeah because and I feel like it might even be a controversial thing for him to talk about because people, people for hate so it. people hate yeah, that idea because for so long people I'm sure I'm assuming again because I'm not a writer but I'm sure that for so long people are saying oh writer's block writer's block I can't think of anything good to come to me but I feel like what you're saying is just such a neat and different perspective because you're basically saying no just keep writing those shitty papers or whatever it is it, and then something good will eventually come from that but you won't get there unless you keep just keep going here's what it is writer's block is a way out it's an excuse it's a way to get you off the hook seth godin talks about being on the hook right S giving yourself a deadline so mm -hmm. that you need to do this right and why are you doing this why are you doing any creative work well guess what it's not for you creating something creating art is a generous act in service of other people mm-hmm so when I'm writing this book, it's not for me. It's a great exercise for me. It's a great practice to write a book. It's a great, you know, like um, when this is done, I'm going to be able to hand this book to people when I go to the job interviews. Be like, hey, look, I made this book. But that's not why I'm doing it. The why I'm doing it is for the people, the audience, right? Mm -hmm. For the people that need to read this book. It's a generous act. And when you're doing something generous, you need to be on the hook. You need to have, you need to be reminded of, I'm doing this for a reason, and if I don't do this, then it won't it won't get done, and this reason will not be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And writer's block gets you off the hook. Oh, I didn't really feel like writing today. I just didn't feel inspired. Um, the words just weren't coming, so I just decided to do something else. No, you write. If this is your job, it, it, like it might not even be your job. If this is what you said you were going to do, and you committed to it, every day you need to do it, mm -hmm. so whether it's ten minutes. Right. Whether it's it can't be sporadic. It can't be like I'm just waiting for the muse. Right. This this mythical inspiration that comes from above. Right. The creative force of the Holy Spirit. Right. You cannot wait for the muse. You have to sit down and write. Mm -hmm. It's a practice or you have to sit down and sing. Right. You can't get good at things. You can't do anything worth doing that isn't a practice day in and day out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could also. You know, I was saying, like, I don't see myself as a writer, but I'm going to take that back, actually, because 
all I ever do is spend time writing. Yeah, you and, write papers all the time. And I will say that, like, with the program that I'm in, with the master's in research and psych that I'm in, I need that discipline to write down every single day. And I, not to toot my own horn, but toot it. I, I'm tooting it. <laughs> you could be grateful for the things you've accomplished. Yeah, and, like, my deeper why for the research that I'm doing and the papers that I've been writing is because... I hope that it will someday help at least one audience to read what I am going to finish writing one day, you know, but I have been, I have had that discipline of sitting down every single day and at least writing for a little while, even if it doesn't sound good, even if it doesn't flow the way that I want it to flow, I'm doing it. And then at one point throughout the time that I'm writing, I go back and I fix what I want to fix. Yeah. And then it ends up being the way I want it to be. It's never going to be the best piece of writing I could ever write. Yeah. Bingo. But it. yeah, it's never going to, it's never going to be perfect, No, but I did it. There's no perfect. And it's, you know what? It's getting handed in at the end of the day because I'm yes. doing my best on everything there's, that I'm there's doing. There's no perfect. Perfect is a trap too. Yeah. Right. Trying to like not submitting something because it's not right or it's not as good as it could be. It's a trap. I feel like you needed to hear that for yourself. Well, I I know I, it's true, yeah. but like the, I, this is something I think about all the time. Perfect mm-hmm. is is a trap. Mm-hmm. It, it's a way to keep you. It, it's a it's an out. It gives you yeah. an excuse. Oh, it's not perfect, so I won't submit it. Yeah. No, you need you need to submit it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you mentioned audience. You said like. This will help one audience. I think r- what you're doing now is really interesting because you're submitting these papers to your professor. Mm-hmm. And so your audience is your professor. Yeah. And unfortunately, the work that you're doing doesn't really get recognized by anybody else, mm-hmm. like in your classes, especially these research papers they're having you write. But what does get recognized and hopefully will one day get recognized is like the end piece of this program, which mm-hmm. is the, the the thesis on... Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to keep going. So my thesis is on um, basically social media usage and parental education levels and how those two things can, um, how those two things relate to adolescents and their like emotional regulation or um, aggression levels, which I think is super interesting yeah. to look at because people have looked at like parental educate, like how do your, how does your guardian's education level or your parent's education level um, relate to how you can regulate your own emotions, mm-hmm. like as a means of your, I don't know, financial, financial situation right. or your social media usage. Like no one's combined those things before. Okay. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, exactly. And like, that is a really important piece of research, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Right. Because we know a lot, I mean, what the social dilemma coming out and right. All this information about how social media might not be good for you or might be good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we need more research backing these claims up or mm-hmm. else nothing will ever change, yeah. especially from like a legal standpoint or a, um, educational whatever perspective. And so what you're doing is like you're creating all of these re- silly like research paper, not silly, but research papers that are long about things you don't necessarily, you're not less necessarily interested in like diabetes, for instance, or, um, sexual predators right it's like you're not really interested in that but all of that is to work towards this end goal of this thesis this Mm -hmm. research that you're actually doing and hopefully that research will one day benefit somebody else in your field and so it's this collaborative effort right you one individual are doing you know with the help of a lot of people but you're doing this thing that will contribute to your field Mm-hmm. That will benefit your field. And so your audience is like few people in the future. It's really interesting because your audience for all this, p- 
people in the future in this field who are going to take what you do and either do more research or start to use that to like build this body of evidence supporting your claim. I yeah. think it's, it's, it's really interesting, but you can't do it if you don't practice it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Okay. What's something that you're grateful for that you wanted to talk about? So I really want to get into this Jordan Peterson video you sent me like what a week ago or not even a couple days ago. A couple, yeah. A couple yeah. days we'll ago. We'll link it in the show notes. It's about what, like an hour and 10 minutes long or something yeah, like that. Yeah, around there. Yeah. Um, so Aaron sent me this video a couple days ago and um, Jordan Peterson, which, who's a psychologist, went in depth about life and suffering and a bunch of other things that are really important that we'll get into. But basically the the foundation of this speech is life is suffering. And so how can we minimize that suffering? Well, I feel like lately um, I've been feeling trapped, whether it's by my own mindset, whether it's because of X, Y, or Z, there could be a million different reasons why I could be feeling trapped. But at the end of the day... No, why are you feeling trapped? Sorry. Um, I think recently why I've been feeling trapped, um, at least in my own mind, my reasoning for it is uh, feeling alone in my apartment, not having really anyone else. Um, super grateful that I have Coda because if I didn't have him. I get it. But like, I just, why are you feeling trapped? And you answered it. That's like what I was getting at. I so. guess loneliness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So life is suffering. You feel trapped. Go ahead. So I think for some reason something didn't click in my head before of like yeah life sucks and life is hard but why am i trying to make it harder for myself mm. and i think when i watched that video i was like oh, oh, hold on <laughs> why am i trying to make it harder for myself well, what do you mean like what were what were the things you were doing that were making it harder i think mostly just um mindset like my mindset around just the beauty of being outside I think I don't know if it was one of those things before where maybe I wasn't spending enough time outside and then I started spending a lot of time outside so much time outside that I like forgot to realize how beautiful it was if that even makes sense yeah okay so your perspective was it was like, it's great to be outside because you have the dog and mm-hmm. you get to do fun stuff and exactly. play with him and go on walks and go on adventures. And then you spent so much time doing that. And you almost see that as a distraction because you'd be doing work like deep in your work and then you'd have to take him O-U-T. He's right there. I don't want to yeah. say it. Um, so that he could play with his friends. And then it would distract you from your work. It would pull you out of this place. Then you'd come back in and you'd have to feed him and you'd get so distracted. Mm -hmm. And so you started associating with something negative. Yeah. And so then you realize like, hey, my life would probably be a lot easier and better if I just started appreciating being outside when I'm outside and not worrying about these other things that you have to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think I got so caught up in how much work that I had Uh that it became this huge stressor of oh I need to first I need to do this and as soon as I finish with this assignment I have to go on to the next one and then the next one and then the next one and it was this cycle of just being upset and resenting the work that I had to do instead of being grateful that I get the opportunity to learn and grow because I do love doing what I do and I think instead of 
being grateful that I get to sit down and write this paper on wrongful convictions, which is something that I'm extremely passionate about. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be given this opportunity had I not like on a whim decided to apply for this program a year and a half ago, you know? And like, because of my current situation, living alone, sometimes I get clouded by that loneliness and I don't remember the reason why I started doing this in the first place, which I think is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Which is, what is it? What's the reason you wanted to do this? So that I could grow as a person, but so that I could also gain this amazing foundation and research that I, I have gained and I'm still gaining. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I forget that I, I've been working so hard. Right that I have these really, really cool skills now that I'm happy to have. Yeah. So, like, you want to, like, take what you're doing from this program and, and use it towards something else in the future, mm-hmm. right? But also along the way, you're gaining all this all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, what you touched on some really awesome and, like, deeply profound points and realizations Yeah. that I don't even think we've realized how deep they are. One of them is like when you have assignment after assignment after assignment and you just lock yourself in your room and you just like work at it, work at it, work at it. Well, I actually think you're way less productive when you just work than if you are working and then taking breaks and working and going out and playing. What do you have to say about that? So I a thousand percent agree. And I think it took me taking a break over Thanksgiving to really, really realize that. Because my, I started doing better in my work for undergrad when not only after I met you, but also when I became less stressed about my assignments. When I realized that, oh, I can take these breaks and do just as well, if not better, which it, I was doing better after we started going for hikes, after we started doing these really fun, cool things. Mm-hmm. And I think I totally lost that part of myself when I felt like I needed to stay inside, not only because of the virus, but also because I had so much work. Right. I allowed myself to fall into a trap to not realize that life is outside of my apartment. It's not inside of my apartment. It could be inside. Of, it is inside it's of my everywhere, apartment. Right? It is, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, such... I'm telling you, such a deep realization that you just had. Yeah. Um, you don't have to make things harder for yourself. Like you are, it, life is hard. Um, Jordan, in that video, Jordan Peterson is, of course, he is a Western psychologist, Western, almost pseudo philosopher. He's not totally like a philosopher, but uh, he, he's really a psychologist. And he sees things through the psychological lens, but he talks about the West a lot, like the Western culture, Western individuals, right? And um, and then he, he parallels that with these Eastern traditions, like a Buddhism, right? And so the first, uh, what is it? Pa- the first truth of Buddhism, life is suffering. Mm-hmm. You can spend your whole life unpacking that, right? But what does that mean and how can that relate to our lives? Well, life is hard, right? And so it's this balance, right, between East and West, between these these christian traditions and these eastern traditions and what is true for both of them well it's like christ died on the cross the the what did he call it um the prototype or not prototype the ideal example of a western individual is christ and what did he do well he died on a cross because life is suffering Mm -hmm. and but like christ knew he was going to die 
most likely. But it seems like he didn't spend his whole life fretting for that moment. Mm -hmm. What did he do in his ministry? Well, he did what like he was supposed to do. He, he taught and he led and he loved and he cared for people. Mm -hmm. And so it's like instead of worrying about all these deadlines and all these assignments, it's like just do what's in front of you. Like what can you do to make your life easier? Well, just do what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jordan Peterson in that video, he also, it's also, it's not just one speech. It's like many speeches put together, mm -hmm. but he says, why don't you take the things that you have to do and put them on the smallest time frame possible, right? Okay. I know I have a lot to do, but what about this week? What do I have to do? It's like, oh, maybe that's too overbearing for you. Oh, well, what about the next three days? Okay. That's too much still. All right. What do I have to do? tomorrow it's, no that's too much like, what do i have to do today and what can i do today to make my life better mm -hmm. that's like the question that you, yeah. you ask yourself and you might actually you might actually figure some things out that could help you immensely in your life yeah and i mean he even goes so far as to say okay if this if today is too much what about the next hour and if the next hour is too much what about the next minute yeah you know and i i thought that was really 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 powerful because it goes back to what i was saying about the feeling maybe you feel like you should be grateful but you don't know how to how to feel you don't know how to actually feel that yet so what can you do well you look at these time frames that Aaron just talked about and you look at how you can make life better for yourself within the next minute hour day so on and so forth which I think is just I think that's really really cool that he yeah. talked about that. yeah and I think it's cool because it ties into this idea of sacrifice right so he talks about sacrifice a lot um i haven't like done a lot thinking about sacrifice um because i have kind of like a biased perspective one thing my coach used to say you know you don't make sacrifices to run you make choices right if you see him as a sacrifice it's like this big weight it's like oh i'm sacrificing um time with my friends so i could get more sleep or so i could train like, no, you're not. You're making a choice. You made a choice to run. You made a choice to be a good runner. So you're not really sacrificing, right? Stop seeing it as a sacrifice, something you're giving up. See it as something that you're choosing, right? So I have this weird thing about sacrifices. But Jordan Peterson says sacrifices are it's, – it's giving up the present moment for the future, which is something human beings can uniquely do, right? Other animals don't do that, Monkeys don't save up bananas thinking that there might not be any more bananas in the future, but that's what human beings do. So this idea of sacrifice is intricately tied with this idea of patience mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, things will get better one day. One day I will not be in this deep state of suffering and tragedy, mm -hmm. but what can I do to like work on that? Well, I can, I can identify these things pieces in my life that I can kind of focus on and then I can slowly work on those with the belief that one day they will lead to something better mm -hmm. right so it's this idea of like sacrificing if you want to use that word sacrificing the current moment for the future and so this gets so blown out of proportion in western society right we sacrifice our whole entire lives from 22 to 65 the stereotypical Western life nowadays, we sacrifice our whole lives so that we can enjoy the last bit of it. And so it kind of gets flipped. This idea of sacrifice gets flipped on its head. Um, but this, this idea that's woven within sacrifice of patience, like 
even though things suck right now, maybe they can get better if you start doing what you can do. Do you think that the word sacrifice or I guess the meaning of sacrifice has some like innuendo of resentment under it? Do you think that that's like sacrifice leads to resentment? Hmm. Yeah, I think I think it can. I think when you sacrifice things, I mean, like if you think about the history of that idea of sacrificing, mm-hmm. and I love like Jordan Peterson is talking about it. He's like, we think that people who came before us, our ancestors were stupid. It's like they were not stupid. Mm-hmm. They weren't stupid. Like they were very smart. They recognized that there were things in this world they couldn't control. And so say those things are actually controlled by like this divine being. Mm-hmm. And so if they sacrifice things like animals or God forbid people, but like they did, if they sacrifice things and they, as an offering to this divinity who does have control over things, well, maybe that sacrificing this thing that could be used now for this hope that the future can improve, mm-hmm. Right maybe like they they figure that out this idea of sacrifice is actually a very intricate idea and so yeah like that is that's what these people thought of so they were actually very smart these people that came before us were smart they weren't just like these stupid people who were like oh let's give this thing up you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um as far as like to can it lead to resentment it's like sure why would you waste uh a sheep when somebody could eat that, why would you sacrifice that sheep up to the gods when like we could eat that now we're starving? So yeah, it could definitely lead to resentment. And I think, you know, you apply that same idea to like today. Mm-hmm. I think so. Interesting. That was just a question I had that I was interested in hearing. You could answer. tell that I didn't have a good answer because I rambled on for a while. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, that was your thought on what you what you thought in terms of sacrifice mm-hmm. and resentment. I mean, as far as what I think in terms of sacrifice and resentment, I think that it could definitely lead to resentment in um, mostly because I think sacrifice means I have to give this up for you. I have to give this up for him them she her whatever you know i have to do this thing that i don't necessarily want to do for the benefit of someone else or a I, I, yeah that's how you see it i i get it but like that this is the thing that you could turn it on its head it's like what if you gave something up now for yourself in the future yeah so what is that yeah i mean i don't i don't 100 percent know i think this is such a good conversation that i like need to think about because yeah i feel like in the past i thought of sacrifice in one a specific way like my parents sacrificed so much so that valeria and i my sister and i could get this great education right. have this great future but what does that 100 entirely mean you know i don't i don't really know i feel like this conversation is making me over not overthink things but just like rethink things right well this is the thing in a good right? way this yeah. is the thing that i wanted to touch on one of the other reasons i don't know about this idea of sacrifice it seems like it's very good, right? Mm-hmm. I sacrifice four years now so I can get a degree, mm-hmm. right? So I'm sacrificing present comfort for future benefit. Mm-hmm. That's sacrifice. But in the scripture, in scripture, it says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. It says that in the Old Testament wow. and the New Testament. And Father McNally said this a lot. It's going to make its way into the book, but I desire mercy not sacrifice because the old way of doing things was to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So like Jewish 
customs were to sacrifice livestock to God. You know, like you think of the story of Abraham and Isaac, right? After God saves Isaac from Abraham's, like, sword, God's like, yeah, okay, now sacrifice this this wild boar instead. And, and so Abraham does, right? But later in scripture, it says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. What is mercy? Mercy is loving kindness. It's as simple as it gets. I mean, just that phrase, loving, like that's what it says in, in the catechism. Mercy means loving kindness. What, where else do we see that word loving kindness? Well, we see it in the Buddhist traditions, loving kindness meditation, right? That idea, that sentiment of mercy extended across, literally extended across the world. Like that's it. Like that's what we're supposed to do. And so like maybe being merciful sometimes actually does mean sacrificing. Or maybe sometimes it just means sacrificing the way that you think of things now for seeing things in this new way, mm -hmm. loving way. I don't know. Maybe we're getting way too like metaphysical. Right no, now. I thought that sounded so smart. <laughs> As I was saying that towards the end of it, I'm like, I wonder how this is going to sound when I listen back to it. It sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how am I even, where are these thoughts even coming from? That's the thing. They're not always my thoughts, but yeah, I feel like I speak them. I feel like we should kind of cut it off there. There was just so much flying around. Okay. Okay. How about <laughs> one more thing that uh, quickly we're grateful for? You go first on this one. All right. Um, I'm grateful that I have a job where I have a lot of different opportunities. Oof. Okay. So I don't just have the opportunity to teach and to present information that I don't entirely always know, but I learn and then I present it. That's a really good practice for me. So like the practice of teaching, but I also get to do things like lead. Um, I get to do things like work on fun projects. So like I'm, I'm currently working on a Christmas tree lighting uh, project. And, and so uh, I did some filming, right? I had the opportunity to film. And so I'm, I'm like kind of getting into filming now and, and seeing what I can do for this school that I'm working at, seeing the things that I can create, the projects I can create with like very kind of basic, but very like intentional tech. Um, and then I also have the opportunity to write throughout my day. Mm -hmm. Right. So I only teach three sections. So, and we're all virtual. So I have a lot of time in my day to kind of like write and to, to also work out. And so I'm really grateful that I have a job that gives me opportunities. All I right. love that. Yeah. Oh, yay. Go that ahead. was so nice. Okay. So I am really grateful for this new mindset that I've gained um, because I think I felt like I lost myself at some point and I don't think I ever lost myself. I think I just... I don't even know what happened to myself, but I am back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. I missed She's you. Here. <laughs> yeah, but um, so I'm really grateful that I have gained this new, um, a new and I guess improved mindset of uh, who I was, and I am growing and I am adjusting, and I may not be great at adjusting, but I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to see my family too, and I. I haven't seen them since June, so I was I'm incredible I'm incredibly grateful that they are safe, they're healthy, and that I was able to see them and spend the Thanksgiving with them. That's awesome. I feel like we talked about a lot in this episode. Can we just like kind of go over the highlights? Yes, I would love that. Okay. So, um, definitely help me out because I'm gonna forget some of it All already. Right. But. Well, I mean, like we talked about this idea of practice and choosing to do something every day, choosing to have a 
craft that you work towards mm -hmm. and you won't always be inspired to do it but that's exactly why you need to do it right mm -hmm. and so in that idea right sacrificing this you could say sacrificing choosing to do something instead of something else because you can see the end product this thing you're going to create yeah right it is a sacrifice in an extent to an extent because you're sacrificing this time now presently for something in the future that doesn't yet exist mm -hmm. and so in that is sacrifice it's choosing it's a practice but it's also patience it's this ability to step into this realization that hey maybe it's okay that i that i don't have everything i want right now mm -hmm. right maybe it's okay that first off i do have everything i want i am grateful but also i can help more people i can do more good in this world if i just take a deep breath and allow the practice to settle in to be patient in the practice yeah looking at things in bearable time frames what can i do right now to make my life a little bit better practicing gratitude recognizing and being aware of the mindset that you have right now and how that's impacting you because I think that's incredibly important. Um, and also just recognizing that you're, you're, you're a great person, whoever you are, whoever's listening, and you're just doing your best. So just try to do your best. Try to make things a little bit easier for you. And I do want to end with this thing that Jordan Peterson said that I thought was amazing. He said, if you were someone you loved how could you better take care of them? How could you better take care of yourself if you were someone you loved and you had to take care of them? Yep, it's one of the rules in 12 Rules for Life. Yep. Luckily, he's coming out with a new book. 12, I have to read the first 12 one. 12 <laughs> More Rules for Life. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a little cheesy, the uh, title there, Jordan Peterson, but that, that's okay. I'm sure it's going to be as profound as the first book. Yes. Um, yeah, everybody should read 12 Rules for Life, whether you like Jordan Peterson or not there is some deep wisdom in that book from his experience as a clinical psychologist. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that one rule is um, care for yourself like someone you're responsible for helping. Yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, everybody, take care of yourselves out there. Camille, mm -hmm. take care of yourself. Aaron, take care of yourself. Recognize that we're doing a good job and, uh, and keep moving forward. Heck yeah. Commit to a practice. Try something out this week and be grateful for everything you have and remember everyone it's all mahalo it's all mahalo we'll see you next week see ya thanks everybody for listening to it's all mahalo we're so happy to be back we'll keep you updated next week when we get ourselves situated with our social accounts and our website until then have a great week take care of yourselves and be grateful peace out everybody